Weirdo Weirdo Bookworms Unite! Unite. Do your reading tastes range from dystopian sci-fi to middle-grade fantasy? Dark psychological thrillers to gory body horror? From YA paranormal swords and sorcery? Extraterrestrials? Murder? Mayhem! And beyond! Then we want to share our love of reading with you. Welcome home. Hey, genre junkies, it's Sandra. And this is Scott. And guess what? It's episode number 100! Uh, So we decided we would do something a little different for our 100th episode and just kind of chat, kind of reintroduce you to the show if you're new or you've joined fairly recently or if you've been with us from the beginning and you just don't quite remember, that's fine too. Talk a little bit about ourselves and some of of the books, you know, kind of a little trip down memory lane. It's been three years since we started the show. Uh, 18, 19, 20, four years. I was going to say, it's more than that. It's been four years since we started this show and we've, we've reviewed so many books and things have, you know, morphed and changed. And so we're just going to kind of, kind of celebrate this with all of you who've kind of helped make this show happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, thank you all for being here, whether you're a first timer or a grizzled old veteran of the genre junkies wars. We really appreciate you being here and all the interaction you guys give us. You can always interact with us more on social media. Send us um, messages on, well, Instagram's really probably the best way, Instagram, or sending us an email. Um, And all of that contact info is, of course, on our site. But um, on in- on Instagram, we're genre junkies, so that's that's easy to find. We got we got that one early. We locked that down. <laughs> um, so let's see. Like, I guess let's start with just talking a little bit about how we review, how that process has kind of changed over time. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. You start. Okay, so <laughs> you do it. <laughs> one of the one of the things that we figured out pretty early on in the process is we wanted the books that we review to be presented in such a way where it gets into the right people's hands. That's our main goal is to, even if we don't like a book, we kind of talk about what we like and what we don't like about it so that hopefully if you're kind of like whatever reader, like that'll spark something for you. I think that that writing books and and reading books is an important thing. One of the most important things in this world. And I don't want to be one of the people who, you know, just puts down a book and 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 make it sound almost like it doesn't it's not it shouldn't exist because Yeah. I mean, it's a little different like I I mean, I try to I try really hard to not be incredibly um mean when I review movies like on Spooky Summer Party or The Cult Show, but reviewing movies is a, is a little bit different than reviewing books. It really is because I mean, a lot of people put a lot of work and time into movies, and I really appreciate that. But with books, it's um, it's a little more raw. It's a little more intimate. It's a little more of the moment. And it's kind of like, no, you might not like something, or maybe somebody has a subject that's like super problematic to you. But um, unless somebody's actively hurting people with their writing, then generally speaking, it might not be vibing with you because you're just not the intended audience. But there is somebody out there who is. Yeah. As long as you're not hurting people. Not We don't believe in censorship either. But, you know, don't be like some sort of a racist asshole or something. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> true. There's exceptions <laughs> to every rule, right? And there have been books in the past that we have decided that we were going to review. We started reading it and we decided that we were not the right 
people to review the book. And that's what a lot of um, people do, like booktubers especially. You know, you kind of like, sometimes you, you take chances, but you kind of know what you like. And you should take chances. But you know what I mean? Like for me, I'm not a rom-com person. So if I was like, okay, I'm going to like review some rom-com books, that'd be like really dumb because I'm not that audience, right? And it's like, well, then what's the point of just reviewing something that I know I'm not going to like? I don't like rom-com movies either. And I think I think both of us, at least one of us needs to appreciate the subject matter in a book, appreciate what's being done for us to, to really, um, you know, go after it. There are books that we've started that, you know, outside of reviewing it to an audience and, yeah. you know, in the privacy of our own home that I would say, wow, this book is terrible. Yeah, we DNF. We DNF <laughs> Definitely. Books. Yeah, but- because why, like... <sighs> Why waste your time with something that's like a a really bad thing to do? Yes. You have to have a little bit of leeway with that as a reviewer, though, because sometimes you do have to push yourself. It's a little bit of a tricky balance. But by and large, if we're like, this person wrote this book and this book is poorly edited or it's poorly written, which does happen, we're not going to like slam them on the ground and like curb stomp them. We're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna not review the book. It's another reason why I do enjoy the memory of our review of the Southern Reach trilogy, but you'll never really see us review in that way again. Well <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and here's the thing is I mean I'm still willing to die on the hill. I love that trilogy. Oh uh, I sure. think about it all the time. I love it. <laughs> And that's okay, because then I can speak to that voice. um, And we know that like weird fiction is not your thing. But that's another reason why one of us at least has to enjoy the book, which is why you're always going to see pretty good reviews from us in the books that we do bring to you. Yeah. Because if we both felt the way that I felt about that trilogy, uh, it it wouldn't have been a very fun episode. And it wouldn't have been fair, because clearly... Mm -hmm. it. Even if we both felt the way I felt about that book, yeah, you did actually really love that trilogy, which means it it exists for the enjoyment of someone who just doesn't happen to be me, right? And that's kind of like um, that's that's it exactly. That's totally the message, and like once you kind of start to know genres and subgenres, and I think we do, and what we don't know, we'll try and we'll research and we'll learn about it. Then you kind of like you know, like, you know what a good thing in this genre should represent. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. So we have two ways that we review. Um, We have the experience score. So this is just like, what was going on for you on this journey? Love that journey for you. Hate that journey for you. (laughs) Yes. And it's, 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 this is truly the personal experience of a book. And uh, Scott, what are those, uh, categories please uh okay so the first one actually i want to preface this really quickly um the some of these some of these do sound like a one through five kind of thing and and it started that way but i don't feel like our experience score has actually become that now it's really more of a of a descriptor of what it was like and let me explain it starts with struggle the, a book that's really hard for for one of us to get through. Mm-hmm. But some of my favorite books that we have read, the experience that I've had was struggle. It was real hard for me to get through it. Right. It was really tough to swallow, 
but that was what made it great. Right. And it's kind of like that's the title. And then your descriptor of the experience is what makes it like it was a struggle because you didn't like it or it was a struggle because it was emotional or yeah. whatever. That's just kind of like that's just like the header. Yeah. It's it's a nice little box that we can work inside so that, you know, we can we it's easier for us to talk about and it's easier on a consistent weekly basis or bi-weekly basis when you listen to the episodes to understand. And always remember too, art is subjective and art should be discussed. It's a, it's a thing. It's a whole thing. It's what makes us um, individuals. It's what makes us people. It's what makes us like culture. So another, another score we have for experience is book. <laughs> Hello book. I would argue that this is probably the only one in here that is a, arguably bad score if it's coming from one of us right it basically means we weren't moved yeah <laughs> very much and I, if we're talking about you know that art should be discussed that's kind of a bummer right when you're kind of like i felt very neutral on a thing yeah next up is the good read <laughs> this is a book that you know we really enjoyed reading. We really just, we, we really liked it. It's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's a good thing. Yeah. I would, I would say an example of a good read is something that is really nice to pick up and read a little bit of and, yeah. you know, come back to it over time. Right. Um, for example, almost any comic book series as it comes out right. would be a good read almost by necessity just because you don't have the next one available to you but it's a kind of a for me a good read is something that's kind of a nice episodic style book that's like oh i'm just i'm gonna i'm gonna lay back and relax and read read for 30 minutes this book and, and for me i think of it more like it's just it's a good book i'm happy i read it yeah Next up is the page turner. So page turner can be a lot of things. Something can be a page turner because it's really good. Something can be a page turner because it stresses you out. Um, <laughs> there are definitely books like, I just, I have to finish this. This is, this, I have to know how this yeah. ends because it's stressing me out too much. Some writers know how to structure a book so that it's automatically a page turner. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, page turner is a positive thing because it means, you know, if any, like, if any form of media's job is to keep you engaged in it for a period of time, then a page turner would be a really good thing, right? Yep. And then finally, it's the obsession. Obsession is great. And obsession is something that all bookworms um, hope to achieve <laughs> with, um, with what they read, right? That you love it. You're just obsessed with telling people about it. You gush about it. You, you want to get it into people's hands. I suppose you could be obsessed with how much something bothered you. Um, <laughs> I'd be open to that experience. Yeah, for me, obsessed really falls into I continue to think about it you know, well after I've read it, I think about it in between reading sessions. Right. That's uh, one of my big, uh, one of my big tent poles for obsession is I wake up in the middle of the night because I've either had a dream slash nightmare yeah. or just because I'm, I'm thinking about it and I have to pick it up and, and read it some more to like, to like keep it in my system. Yeah. Obsession's definitely the most exciting. It, it is. And again, none of our scores are, are, except for maybe book are bad. It's just, it's just, you know, it's just, okay. And uh, here's a, here's another example of when it comes to experience, there are Marvel movies, they are action packed thrill rides. Really? And then there are 
there are romantic comedies, which Sandra is not a big fan of, but still, they're they're typically you know fun, well paced. They're they're kind of page turnery, quick kind of experiences. You can't like comparing the two; they're completely different styles. They're different experiences, and they're meant to be. Yes, but one is not better. Be like Marvel is not better than romantic comedies because it's a thrill ride. Right. I mean, they're better because of either how they are pieced together and the talent of the author and the editor, especially the author, um, or they're good because the subject matter or the characters appeal to you. So, speaking of appeal. <laughs> Yeah. So then we have the appeal score. Appeal score, even though the categories have not changed, is probably what I feel like has changed the most as far as how we view it over the past four years. Would you agree with that? Interesting. Interesting. I think I see what you mean. Let me explain how I see it. And maybe you can tell me if you see it a little bit differently. Um, Appeal score is, is four different categories. There's niche, general, broad, and mass. I think you'll agree with me, Sandra. We thought it was really important for our scoring system to not really talk about if a book was good or bad. Um, yeah, it's because well, that's going to be subjective to you. And, and for, for the most part. Yeah. And, you know, those four those four categories, I think you kind of can understand in your head right away what those mean. But yeah. the way that I think I feel like it's really uh, evolved in my head, niche is really a book that's for lovers of the genre or even subgenre of the book that we're reading. Um, even some people who listen to our show might not necessarily be interested in the book if they're not interested in that genre. Whereas general is, if you're listening to the show, you are a genre junkie, and this is something that will interest you. Right. You probably are at least interested in the genre. Maybe you're not, which is fine. But like if you don't like sci-fi, then obviously it's not going to make you like sci-fi. But if you like to dabble between different genres, that's why you're here. Yeah, that's why you're here. And so if it's a general appeal, then that's something that that will interest you. Uh, Broad is not just, oh, you're listening to the show. You should check it out, even if it's not in your normal wheelhouse. Broad is you should check it out and you should let your friends know. Right. It's just opening that audience up a little bit more. Um, like where people who, you know, again, it's probably not reinventing the wheel. Like you're going to turn over this sudden new leaf, but it's it's big. And then mass is exactly that. That's everybody. It's Harry Potter. It's, I mean, that's the thing that I always come to. It's, um, it's Twilight. <laughs> well, I get what you mean. It's, it's things that it's like people from all different genre loving readers, like people who would normally just not think, oh, I'm not into that sort of book will like it is a good way to put it. Yep. And then our final score at the end of our spoiler sections, honestly, it's for fun. It's more for fun. I mean, obviously, if you're listening to the spoiler section, you either don't have an interest in the book or you're you're just, you're, for whatever reason, you're just down to hear where it's at. Um, and so sometimes we make it up, base it on something in the book, you know, like severed thumbs or, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever the case may be, and just give it a that out of that and kind of like just wrap up our final thoughts. Yeah. it gives It gives us the ability, if there's a book that really didn't, work for for us individually for one of us individually to still you know go out on a limb and and say hey this is a good book mm -hmm. 
I, you know, it may have been a struggle for me. You know, I may think that it's a niche, that it's a niche book and I can say things that didn't really, you know, work for, for work for me, right? but still say, but you know what? It's still a five-star book. It's just not for me. Right. Exactly. That's, that's the wrap up, I guess. Yeah. So that's how we review, <laughs> just in case you forgot, or if it's kind of changed over time. And um, maybe you're new here. It sounds complicated or like it's a lot of steps. It's actually not. And we, I think we do a pretty good job of explaining why each book, why we feel it falls into certain things. So don't be scared. <laughs> and all of this is on our website. It's the very first pinned post. There's a cheat sheet. You just go right there and look at it. And trust us, every time we have like guests on the show, they always have to look at it because we're the only ones that remember. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it just helps us kind of like put our thoughts into nice little bite-sized pieces for you. So next, who the heck are we? Who are these people? You know us. You love us. <laughs> but, you, but do you really know us? Do you us? really know us? Who really can know really us? know us? So I'll, let me just start by saying... Uh, Scott, Santa, um, we are married. Um, we are married. We've been married for a long time before we started the show. We've been together for a long time before we were married. Um, so we've been <laughs> together for a really long We've been time. caged together too we've long. We've been caged together too long. Um, so that's us. <laughs> um, and we're friends. And we both really like reading. And this was something fun that we could do together and share. And that also we can you know, help promote reading and help promote the types of books that we like to read. Uh, you know, we've, we talk about it a little bit that there's been times in our lives as readers that people think we should be reading certain types of books or only certain type of books are worthy or only certain types of books are art or our culture and things are like a waste of time. And we are big fans of you should just read anything and everything that interests you. And no, I don't like rom-coms, but go find a rom-com channel out there. If that's <laughs> what you want to hear about. You know what I mean? Like I would never like shame people because of the genres they like. And we like to read all kinds of different things. I mean, really horror, sci-fi and fantasy those are like kind of the the broad topics there. And there's lots of subgenres off of that. We also like thrillers and a little bit of true crime on occasion and some different, like, I don't know, just kind of like mystery things. But basically that's a weird fiction. You know, it's reading stuff that it doesn't have to just be what everybody else is reading or it doesn't have to be always a work of what is considered literary merit. Yeah, I... I, I ran into a lot of that. I think everyone has that person in their life, if you're a reader, who just encouraged you to read everything, no matter what it was. And I think a lot of us have someone in our life who said, oh, that's, but that's like, you know, like a science fiction book. That's right. Or they, especially in my case, they looked down on horror. A yeah. Lot. Horror is probably the most. And, and, and I'll just say, based on our listener base and what we hear from you. And I think a lot of you are in that horror, <laughs> that yes. horror group as well. There's a lot of us that like horror. And just like all fans of different reading genres, we're people from all walks of life and different experiences. Um, that kind of leads me to the the next part is we read what we want to read, <laughs> basically. Um, I think that's the most important thing. We do actively try to include women authors 
And we try to be mindful of including people of color and like if you're different, like gender identity, we want to always be reading more diversely. And it's not always easy because it's not always easy to find those authors books or if they get published. But we are always actively trying to find that stuff in what we read too and to find good representation as well because it's you know we don't want to just read the same straight white people (laughs) written by the same white dude like over and over again that's not the point (laughs) you know sandra said it herself it's not easy to necessarily find the really the, the good novels that are written by um by some marginalized groups. And that's not to say that they're not out there. Right. There's lots of them. And yes, we we're we're trying to put in the effort and get that in there and be part of the solution, be part of the engine that actually makes it easier to find these things. Right. And you know, maybe if you're somebody that hasn't read diverse or you did, or for some reason you're like, "Oh, I just didn't notice diverse characters or not." Well, to think about that and to think about like what that means and to acknowledge and notice diversity. It's very important. And reading helps you expand your mind. It helps you be a more compassionate person. It helps you be a more intelligent person. So you should be um, you should be pushing yourself to to think about it in a more political context, I guess. Um, Art is political as well. It just is. And that's part of the reason why we started dipping our toes into not just horror, sci-fi, and fantasy. Our show is no longer just about those three genres. Right. Uh, we've we've been having discussion of actually doing a bit of a rom-com. I don't know if I'm ready. <laughs> I had gone on record saying that I would do, like, I'd be more interested in reading, like, queer rom-coms. Specifically, that's and what I, I want. Still yeah. am, and I still am. But I'm also just, uh, I'm worried. I'm worried that I'm just going to be like, that's the only thing I like about <laughs> it, is that there's queer people in it. And that that will be the whole episode. And then I just sit there with crickets. <laughs> uh, you know, that's a fair point. And, and we do have, we will take that into account as we read it. And because we're not going to have our first romantic comedy with queer characters on the show yeah. and then say how much we don't like it. <laughs> That was the only nice thing I can say about it is that there was <laughs> there was representation, <laughs> and that's cool. Um, so I guess we should also give you a little bit about ourselves as well as people. Um, we hope that you get to know us through our episodes, and we try to infuse like you know our little roundtable, and that you know our tastes, and you know our likes and dislikes, and that you trust us as reviewers, and you know to an extent as people, so that you're like. Like, I know the type of stuff that Sandra likes. I know the stuff type of stuff that Scott likes. And so you trust us to, when we give our opinions, how we're kind of steering the conversation. For myself, horror is definitely my big, big love of my life. Movies and books and everything in between. Um, <laughs> I basically, I like horror and I like Disney. <laughs> Those are like the movies that I watch. So that's not true. I like some 
crime dramas and stuff in there as well. But um, for the most part, that's kind of my wheelhouse. And I love fantasy, especially dark fantasy, portal fantasy, um, sci-fi. I prefer, even though I'm a massive Star Wars fan, I prefer my sci-fi to be a little bit more on the speculative end um, or on the dystopian end. Uh, on the, you know, kind of the struggle of what it means to be human, to be a sentient thing, um, you know, kind of like, or things to do with time travel and, you know, like manipulation of time and space, more so than space operas. But I have liked plenty of books that take place on ships. And it's shocked me how much I've come to like some stuff that takes place on ships. <laughs> um, I started in like reviewing um many moons ago back when everybody had a blog i had a blog and i just loved horror movies so much and i just wanted to talk about them so i had a little blog and i would review things and that blog led me to be on the bloodlust hey hey bloodlust and so then i got to write pretty much weekly for them and you know several things a month and then i also started doing guest spots on the podcast for the bloodlust and then i really kind of you have not listened to sandra's stint with the bloodlust doing our log does not judge which was them talking about the most recent season of Twin Peaks, The yeah. Return, yeah. It, you're missing out. It's worth it. it we had it's a lot so of fun because we just love Twin Peaks. Um, yeah, it was, that was a really good time. And so then, like, I kind of really took, like, a shine to it. And I listened to a little bit of podcasts before then, but I wasn't super into it. And so Scott has been, like, an early adapter into podcasts. So then he's like, you're really good at this. Um, and I love podcasts, so I think we should kind of do this. And that's how we kind of formed Genre Junkies. So, yeah, besides that, I've been a lifetime reader, especially anything scary. Goosebumps. Are you, you know, any scary stories telling the dark? Um, any sort of babysitters, super chillers were always my favorite. Um, my family always big readers. I like to say that our religion is bibliophile. <laughs> um, just And that's just when people around you read, sometimes that's what gets you to be a reader. I think oftentimes, like it's just normal. We'd be watching a TV show. Oh, you read during the commercial breaks. Or we're going to go someplace. We'll bring a book with you, like in case you have to wait somewhere. Or whatever the, you know, whatever the case may be, always a book, always a book on us, at least one. And just getting really used to like reading is what you do. And it's not only like a thing you do it's something that brings you a lot of joy and a lot of comfort and a lot of self-care time yeah so i'm i'm obsessed with reading as much as i love watching movies and you know a tv show that i like if i could only in music if i can only pick one thing it would be reading like that's what i need to, to live if i couldn't read i might as well be dead that is what you would take on a deserted island is just, just books. books yeah well a, a little about me i also grew up reading my mom very often had a book in her hand. Uh, I am, however, a very different style of reader from Sandra. Uh, I am the kind of person who will lay down on a cot and I'm thinking I have a specific memory that that I'm channeling for this, but I will lay down on a cot and read a book cover to cover. And that's my day. That's, that's my kind of reading where I will go, uh, you know, out before we started the show, I would go weeks and I wouldn't read a book. And then I would just blast through four or five books right. in the course of two weeks. And uh, and I read every day. And you read every day. The reading 
during commercials blows my mind. <laughs> uh, I can't, I can't, you know, change. I can't like change my focus that quickly. I also read usually at least two, three books at a time. Yeah. You've got your sleep book, you've got your genre junkies book, and you've got, <laughs> got your- my fun book. <laughs> <laughs> I am a one book at a time kind of person. Uh, now, I, I grew up mainly reading fantasy and sci-fi. Uh, things like Orson Scott Card, uh, I Dune, uh, Lord of the Rings. Princess Bride. Princess Bride was actually a little bit of a later oh, thing I, for me. I'm yeah. just having fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His Dark Materials. His Dark Materials was a huge formative series for me, which I've talked about in the past. And I did not read any horror until I met Sandra. <laughs> so just like Sandra has kind of realized her love for some books that feature ships in space, <laughs> I have realized a love for a number of horror books. Yay. But you know, some of that Orson Scott card short fiction, um, he writes some pretty scary shit sometimes. And I'm not just talking about his political views, <laughs> which um, I mean, everybody knows he's, he's a trash bag human Disgusting. being, but that doesn't mean that he hasn't spun a good yarn in his day. Yeah. <laughs> just don't buy them new. <laughs> yeah. Don't buy them new. Buy them used. Steal them. From the library. Steal them. <laughs> don't steal them from the library. Don't steal them from the library. No, no, no. Just steal them online. <laughs> don't steal books online. Um, steal books online. If it's from o- or if it's from OSC, steal them online. <laughs> or other problematic people. Yeah. I love it. We're like, do it, but don't do it, but do yeah, it. But do it. Um, so, yeah, that's where really where I come from as far as, you know, my joy when it comes to books. And I, and I will say that I kind of read it fairly broadly, just like you did. Right. But one of the inspirations for this show, partly it came because Sandra was so good at this when she got when she, you know, started, you know, going on to the bloodlust and, and getting involved in all that. That was like, hey, we should really do this. It was still a while after that before we started. Yeah, because you have to kind of formulate the thing. And in case you guys didn't know, too, um, this is not our only job. We both have full-time jobs where we're essential AF. Full-time and a half. Yeah, in the (laughs) pandemic era and beyond. And um, so we do that. We don't have an outside producer. Scott does all of our producing. I do most of our contact with, you know... (laughs) anything (laughs) authors publishers you social media everything like that so in addition to that so scott produces this show really beautifully thank you and i have a show called spooky slumber party with two of my best school friends where we talk about all things ghoulish and gorish and everything in between uh, through a, f- a feminist kind of lens, uh, but especially of like horror and f- horror adjacent things. And Scott produces that show f-ing beautifully. And then I'm also on The Cult Show, which is a YouTube show often streaming live and started during the when when we yeah. first got shut down from the pandemic started and I said, doing live streams every week I, I i theoretically know how to use streaming software and we didn't know how to do it at all and we were like oh but scott though um and i do that with two of my other best friends neil and caleb and they're not ghouls though they're they're boys <laughs> and um we talk about Uh, mostly horror, but also sci-fi and fantasy and kind of adjacent movies uh, therein. And we play a lot of games and we're really silly. 
and Scott produces that. So as much as like you see or hear me a lot on all of these different things, Scott somehow has his has his paws in it, has his tentacles in, in everything. It. Yeah. So we um we spend a lot of time together doing that stuff as well. That's been one of the most surprising things for me over the past four years is, you know, it, it, you know, this started as a performative outlet for me. I I was an actor, actor. through my formative years, and I I like performing, and I I, I a musician. consider myself to be a, a creative person, and so this was kind of a, a performative outlet. But what I've really come to enjoy and i get really you know i am constantly learning more about mm-hmm. is the production side is yeah. is you know learning new tricks as far as improving audio quality and and editing tips and tricks to save time and to create a better product and it, it's actually been a really great learning experience yeah that's really really cool um it doesn't doesn't hurt that I now have an excuse to buy like techie stuff like yeah. my baby. My baby. If the Zoom L12. If you out there ever want to produce audio, <laughs> get yourself a Zoom board. It's fantastic. Yeah. Also get mics and a mic stand. Yes. Don't try to hold that. <laughs> <laughs> um you will you will quickly learn. You will quickly learn. So always, you know, always be thinking of Scott behind the scenes. When I'm not reading books or watching movies, I like to spend time with our pets. We currently have a cat and a snake. You know them as Stitches and Sweetheart. They work on the show. Stitches is a producer. Sweetheart is a cable tie. <laughs> um and uh, hopefully adding more um, animals to our family. No humans, just animals, if you're curious, um, throughout the years and who knows what else. I also, um, I'm a yogi, I'm a runner, and uh, I'm a witch, and I'm majorly into animal and environmental activism. Um, can I tell you, can I tell everybody your hobbies? Yeah, you go, you go yeah. for my hobbies. So Scott... <laughs> Because literally, if you had asked me, if you had asked me, so, you know, okay, so Scott, what do you like to do? Be like... Podcast producing. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) So when Scott's not doing that, Scott is a video game person, uh, majorly so. I only play Animal Crossing um, (laughs) and Kingdom Hearts, but he likes that. We both like to tabletop game, and that's not something we do as much as we've done at other points in our life, but Scott's very avidly into that and some other, you know, like phone and console games and computer games, just different things. Like sometimes he'll get really into Hearthstone and different stuff like that. And Scott is very outdoorsy as well. He is a fisherman, uh, responsible, (laughs) sustainable kind. He um, is a gardener he's freaking awesome at gardening like he has a hella green thumb and a passion for it and scott is also a really good bread baker well well, thank you the gardening thing that was a that was a quarantine pickup hobby yeah Uh, i taken over his life though but i i love it it is a it'll be a permanent hobby and part of my life it is great uh i think the biggest thing you can say about about my hobbies that I'm a serial hobbyist. That's probably true. I I love to to pick up something and be like, I want to learn everything I can about this particular thing. And I'm going to learn to do it. And then I'm going to do it. And a lot of times, then I'll never do it again. (laughs) (laughs) I made a portable game console with soldering and buttons and 3D printing. And it was great. I'm like, oh, this is really neat. I I really like this. And okay, I 
quote unquote know how to do that now. Right. And I'm going to move on to my next project. I mean, he has it. He busts it out every once. Absolutely, in a while. I'm very, I'm very happy that I that I know at a very basic level how to do that sort of thing. Yeah. And and that was learning how to do that was the fun part. Right. He likes the learning. But except for with like uh, the gardening. Well, the gardening is constant learning and so is like baking. That's like constant learning. Oh, Scott also really likes to camp and I like, I love the outdoors. I love nature. I require a lot of time in it, but I also require to be able to go back to my couch or my bed. And a shower. And a shower and a bathroom. (laughs) All right. So, I think we should kind of talk about the books and do a little trip down memory lane. Hey, bookworm buddy, don't forget, subscribe, rate, and review. And while you're at it, find us on Instagram at Genre Junkies. We're not going to talk about every single solitary book we've ever reviewed. Probably. <laughs> Probably No, I don't think so because it's 99 books. Uh, more uh, than that, because we've had yeah. some double features, but and we've had episodes where we don't review books. Blah, 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 blah. But um, let's at least just kind of like let's at least go through it a little bit. Yes. Okay. So we talked about this a little bit at the start of the pandemic, and I know everybody's sick of talking about the pandemic, even though it's a huge, monumental, historical thing in our lives. But the first book we ever did was a book by A. R. Shaw called Graham's Resolution the China pandemic. (laughs) So this was four years ago. Um, The book was new then. And um, I'm pretty sure. Actually, I think it was, I think it was a couple years old because I think the sequel had already come out. And this is a book about a pandemic that originates in China and obviously takes over and um, people kind of surviving and what they do and everything. And it's just really weird that now it's our 100th episode and this was our first one. And now we're actually living in it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of a trip. It what it is crazy. It's it's almost like we uh, <laughs> we we saw it coming, or at least uh, A. R. Shaw kind of saw it coming. It is an interesting book, especially if you're into prepping at all. I think this yeah. past year has at least changed my mind a lot on what prepping should look like. And it's, you know, it's the title's kind of cringy now because there's been so much anti-Asian sentiment since this pandemic has started and currently in violence against um, Asian people. And it's just ridiculous and disgusting. But it's, you know, you can't change it. It is what it is. That's the title of the book. It's just a trip to me. It's just like, wow, that's so crazy. What's funny, though, is that is actually not the first book we no, ever reviewed. No, that's not technically the first book, but that's the first one we did an episode of. Yeah. The first book we ever reviewed was a little bit further down the line, which is The Fisherman. Yeah. We did test episodes. To- which you should do. Yes, that is another that is another good piece of advice that we'll give you if you're looking to start your own podcast. Don't release your first one. Yeah. Maybe don't release your first five. Yeah. Because we did a we did a couple, really. Yeah. And even even then we cha- our format changed. Yeah. In the first ten episodes a lot. Uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely, because you're kind of finding a stride and a rhythm and a and you know, an energy and everything. Um 
uh, that's book. Num- well, that was episode number five, "The Fisherman" by John Langan, which was a re-recording of yeah. our of our original review. And I I think about that book still all the time. I really need to read some other stuff by John. Um, brilliant, you know, kind of cosmic horror uh, sort of thing. Uh, I don't know, you know, it gives you that H.P. Lovecraft kind of vibe. Um, yeah, God, really good book. And because we were both so impassioned about the book, because I had read it and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, Scott, you need to read this immediately. Um, and that was kind of what really gave us the impetus to review books on a podcast format is because it's just so much fun to discuss and share books. Mm-hmm. And there are some books that I was introduced to in the very early the very early days of this show that are up my alley, but I may not have actually heard of them if we had, were not, you know, actively searching the way that we do now for books. And yeah. And one of those was episode three, Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. Yeah, I'd read that um with my book club and we loved it and had a lot of, you know, big things to say about it. And I, you know, was like, Scott, you've got to read this book. And so that was another one that's, you know, was super exciting to talk about. Blake Crouch is just an amazing author. And Dark Matter is, uh, I mean, you just got to read it. Something else that I noticed, and I think it might have honestly been one of the first episodes that started to follow our current uh, structure for the show. Mm-hmm. And that is the through line of our entire podcast, and that is three dark crowns and one dark throne. Oh, absolutely. So we are huge, huge fans of Ken Darblake. Huge fans. Enormous fans. We've gotten to have her on the show. Hopefully we will have her on the show many more times. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy to think. It's I did not realize that that was episode eight. Yes. That, that really, three dark crowns was one of, the first is one of those first books that we covered. Right. Um, it's a, we've talked about it a lot. We reference it all the time. It's a beautiful, dark fantasy, uh, little series of books. And she is just not only a really, really amazing author, smart, inventive, original. She's also just one of the coolest people I've ever talked to. Um, I feel like super, super blessed <laughs> to like have her in our life and that we've gotten to talk to her. Um, so that was a really, really big deal. Um, love you. Love you, girl. Write everything. We'll read it. Um, you know what's kind of fun is when we reviewed Philip Pullman's The Book of Dust, because that was a little bit of a full circle moment for both of us, mm-hmm. having read those books. You read them before me. I read them when I was uh, kind of an older young adult like Mm -hmm. middle adult new adult (laughs) i don't know the term um and but it was still really cool because it was a book that you know we we had been looking forward to and it was a really big deal it was like that you know sort of again like a full circle moment yeah it it was something that we both experienced separately that we were able to experience to come together and experience together and share it with with each other and then with you um, this is kind of a fun one. I don't want to talk too much about it, but when we reviewed Andy Weir, oh. let's just say maybe, um, maybe we'll be reviewing and maybe, maybe, we'll, maybe, maybe we'll be talking to Andy, to Andy, soon. maybe, <laughs> maybe. There's something else. There's something else that uh, I'm reminded by 
uh, mm. reading this. And that was a book uh, by Raphael Chandler called Mask Mask Beneath Her Face. Oh, so good. It was really good. And it was the first book that we read for the show that was really kind of an unknown. Yeah. And I actually wish it still wasn't so unknown because yeah. it actually really was a very fun book. Yeah. And I, I remember we had a conversation after we had reviewed that book. I was like, we should really try and read some books from authors that are not necessarily getting the press. And that's definitely a big focus of what we read too. Sometimes we read the big things, the big exciting things that we're all hyped for, or like, is this worth the hype type of books in our, you know, genres and whatnot. But, um, you know, we like to also do up and coming and kind of independent. Yeah. I, we definitely do a mix of the really famous and the not so famous. Uh, I, I like to think that we have pretty good taste because a lot of the books that we pick that are like, oh, not everyone's going to hear about this yeah. end up being like super successful. So yeah. maybe we have pretty good taste and a pretty good eye or maybe we're just lucky. <laughs> Something we've also done since nearly the beginning of the show is to have um, guests. So there's two types of guests. There's our friends and family, <laughs> people we know. And thank you to all of you who've been on the show. Uh, we love having a guest on on occasion. It makes it fun and it changes it up so that you're getting another person's opinion and another person to get to know. Definitely the most common guest is my sister, Amanda, because again, lifelong reader and just um, especially sci-fi, and she's a star, uh, star, star Wars aficionado and really into fantasy. Horror is not so much her jam. And she just has um, a really eloquent way of putting things. But um, yeah, just so, so happy for all of our little guest talkers, my spooky slumber party gals, um, my friend Jen. It's just been so nice to have you know, another voice on there, Amy from the Bloodlust. Um, looking forward to doing more of that. And also, of course, the other form of guest is to have interviews. Interviews are not something I was expecting when we started the show, were you? I mean, I was hoping for it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know, you know, we didn't know how you go about it then. And we still are figuring it We're out. still figuring it out, um, yeah. And people are busy and people have schedules, but... Yeah, it's nothing is more rewarding than getting to talk to the author of the book you read because you really get to really dive into that person's brain. The most wonderful thing about the interviews that we've done is I have loved, just loved, loved, loved every single author that we've interviewed for this show. Yes. They've all been beautiful, wonderful, fun, yeah. intelligent. Humble. Um, yeah, yeah, it's you know, it's it's cool because interviewing an author, it's like it's a huge honor for us, but there is sort of a symbiotic relationship. You know, they're doing press for their work, and um, so you you know, you don't want anybody to ever feel like rude and like they're doing us this big ass favor. Know. You know, it's like you want it to be like. You know, it's like this fun, symbiotic thing. It's definitely more of a gift for us. It definitely is a big-ass well, flavor. But at the same time, it's like, and everybody has been amazing. They really have. I would invite every single author we have talked to over for dinner. I yeah. would host them in our home. You know, the, the author interviews is really where uh, a bit of imposter syndrome always seems to crop up for me. Because... Mm -hmm. You know, we started this show really as, as a fun project for us to do together. Right. And, you know, 
maybe let five of you out there know about some cool books and what we're doing. You know, the fact is, is that this show, you guys have, you guys have made this show really successful. Yeah. When, I mean, we'll say it, we said it before and we'll say it again. We really can't thank you enough for that. I mean, that's, that's huge because having you guys listen to the show is what has enabled us to be able to talk to, to these authors. Yes. And I, I always feel like, oh God, they're just like you said, oh, I'm so glad they're doing this huge favor for us. And, right. and because I don't, I don't feel like we are what we are. But really, you we guys, are, but we are, <laughs> you guys, we're so lucky to have found you for our audience that yeah. has allowed us to talk to these authors and share them with you and, and be a part of this community has been really special. Right. And I've, you know, even before the bloodlust I've done in my blog, I've done some amateur writing and journalism, very, very amateur level stuff, but I've always been a writer too. Um, and like a, you know, not necessarily a fiction writer, but, you know, a writer. And so I have some knowledge, but, you know, for the most part, it's like we didn't go to how to interview people school. We didn't go to how- <laughs> We don't have communications uh, degrees. No, no, God, God, no. I just talk a lot. Um, same thing with, and I just really like sharing my opinions on things. Um, but that's, you know, that's, that's as much of our training is really just real world experience. And it's really kind of cool that you, you stress so much growing up about, oh, what am I going to do? And it's, it's such a big deal. What's my major going to be? And it's like, I went to school for fashion merchandising. This is not anything <laughs> related to, you know, anything I've studied really, you know, just b barely. But it's like, you kind of create what you want we both like our jobs our day jobs um you know we're we're really into them really passionate about them but more importantly we have other things to live for and like this podcast is one of those things that gets us up in the morning it is it, it's it gives is. our lives meaning yeah we we work to give our cat a better life and to keep this show on the air <laughs> <laughs> the snake's more chill but the cat needs certain things um Let's see. Oh, of course, <laughs> the Area X moment. And, and, yep, there we go. And that is an episode that people still find and listen to all the time. Uh, it's so funny. Basically, the TLDR of that is I really liked it. Amanda didn't really like it. And Scott but understood it. Yeah. And Scott hated it with vehemence. Um, <laughs> and it, it was, it was quite a thing. And we learned something important during that too, because Scott could not complete the third book in the trilogy because he had such a burning hatred, burning hatred. It is the only time that I have DNR'd. DNF'd. Yeah. It's the only time. Oh, or did not read. They're, they're both. Yeah. But yeah, it's the only, actually, you know what? I did not read the third book. I did not nah. finish the trilogy. I yeah. did not read the book. Right. Because it was just so difficult for me. And, you know, it's kind of like our thing after that was, okay, you get one. Everybody gets one. <laughs> because even though, like, we, we talked about earlier that we don't want to, like, trash things and make it really dramatic, what we kind of realized from that experience is is that we if we start a thing and we commit it to being an episode... 
in fairness, we need to follow through with it. Yeah. Because even though I really liked the books and it was a lot of fun for me, this is fun. This is kind of like a therapy moment. Um, at the same time, I was kind of like, well, hold on. I committed. I put in my time to read these because we're going to do it for the show. And we had made it that far. And it's like, you can't just be like, oh, I don't want to. <laughs> Yeah. You know, like, uh, uh, frankly, it, it, because it, then you start to feel disenfranchised as the other party of like, well, so I then where does the, it end? Yeah. yeah. So it, it is the only time that I that I did not finish a story for the podcast. And it will be the last time. We got lucky because we had Amanda to be on that episode as well. Uh, obviously, if Amanda wasn't on it, I would have finished it. Right. It was it was actually one of those situations where I asked Amanda, did you finish it? Right. And when I knew that she had and I knew that you had, I was like, you know what? I can be in as the third person who didn't like it. Right. And you'll never see an episode like that again. One, because you'll never have one of us not finish the book. And two, you'll never have one of us bash a series like I did in that episode. Well, I mean, we can't. We can't. We can't say never. <laughs> You're right. We cannot say never. Um, and there, and we will not tell you what it was. Yeah. We will never tell you what it was. Never. But there was one book that Sandra didn't finish in time for an interview with an author. Yes. And that was her one. Yeah. She finished it before our episode, but yeah. we always try to. We always read the whole book before we interview the author. Right. And I don't. Yeah. Uh, and when you listen. And I mean, when he says I didn't finish it, I mean like I had so you had like chapter. you had like chapters left, yeah. yeah. Um, and I of course finished it immediately, but I felt so guilty that I had frankly mismanaged my time to not be able to finish it, and it was devastating for me because you loved that book. Too. I did, and I still do. Um, here's kind of a fun memory. Uh, sea Witch. Sea Witch was a great example. And this was, you know, already a, a chunk into it, but I just saw it and it made me think where not only did we get to interview Sarah Henning, who's, of course, a lovely person, like all of them, Wonderful. but like we, that's a really great example of like Scott's mom, who we talk about a lot because she is not a genre junkie. Um, so we use her a lot as an example. Like she's a genre junkie and she's a fan. Books don't get a mass appeal score from me if I don't think my mom might like it and that was one of them that we're like she's gonna like this and she did she loved she loved that book yeah and the sequel and the sequel yeah she bought her own copies and everything and it was just kind of like you know that's just kind of a nice example of sometimes things deserve to be given life outside of their bubble you know mm -hmm. uh, another another book that's kind of in that that same memory lane is the marvelous adventures of Gwendolyn Gray. Yes. Uh, that is the book that I have purchased more than any other book that we've reviewed. I've purchased more copies of that than anything else because I've given it to people. We've often done that, given books to people as gifts. A lot of times. Yeah. Or, you know, just like, please read this so you should have it or, you know, give them to people and don't expect them to return it and we buy another copy or whatever. But yeah, Gwendolyn has probably been the most gifted book. I mean, I get, I gifted a copy to my mom. I gifted a copy to your parents. I gifted a copy to cousins. I gifted a copy. I mean, I have, I have gifted that to many, many people. And that was our first interview. Yes. Very cool. When you think about it, right? That was another thing that really changed because if you remember the interview was a separate episode. Mm -hmm. 
One thing that I've loved is getting to read so much different types of horror and really expand, you know, kind of my horror basis and knowledge as far as books go. That's been hugely, hugely rewarding. Done plenty of that. And um, another significant person in our timeline, These, you're all significant. You're all significant. You're all beautiful, wonderful authors, and we love you, but was um, getting to befriend David Sodegren who has become a fixture for us where we just, we love his books so much. We love talking to him and supporting him. And really Scott had, you know, developed a love of horror before this, but David has been very integral in you becoming a horror fan. David, I love you. We love you. We've had David, we've had David on as, as a, as a interview more times than I think we've had Amanda on as a guest. (laughs) His books are are so diverse. It's like every book that he does is like a different horror-themed genre. Yes. And he's been so supportive of us. Yeah. And obviously, we've been very supportive of him because I love him so much. I love him so much. He is an instant buy, instant read author for me. Same. And it it's funny how things work like that. I don't know if either of us would have been introduced to him outside of the show. No, I was because I was already friends with him on Instagram. You were before the show? Yeah. Okay. Well, then maybe Sandra would have been. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it definitely took it to the next level, being able to, you know, talk and have that interaction with him because it's one thing to follow and have a social media interaction with authors you like, which is great. But I mean, to actually be able to talk to him and we know a little bit about his life and stuff. And, you know, Boris... Uh, a sort of godchild. I feel a friendship. I feel a kinship with David. One in, one other author that um I, I love. Have, I get, I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound like a broken record. They're all freaking amazing. Like we said, we'd talk to everyone again. We'd have them all over at our home. But is Jimmy Cajolis, who we haven't had on in a while, but we had him on a couple of times. He even did a birthday episode. Yes. he He's the first an only author that we had on as a guest later. Yeah. And we talked about, um, it's for my birthday. And we talked about cult themed horror because that's a favorite of mine and also of his. So we talked about some cult movies, like actual, like people who are in cults in the film <laughs> to, to be clear. Oh, one thing that um, I think is kind of a, a little bit of a tent pole of our show is doing short story collections. Short stories are a great way for us and everybody to meet authors and to also diversify your reading a lot too, because that's where you get to, you know, read authors of uh, different marginalized groups too, and what they bring to the genre. Yeah, that's something else that that wasn't really planned that has become very important to us. Yeah. You know, you said it. It's a great way to be introduced to a whole lot of different people. Yeah. In a very short amount of time, you know, and I God, it's got to be so hard to write a short story like they do, you know. I when it's you, talent, it's a lot of talent, and you have so little time to tell a story and to put yourself out there, yeah, and and to really like use your voice. And the way that these authors are able to do that is brilliant. Yes, 
um, another author that I think has become particularly significant in 2020 and 2021 is Rachel Sparks, who's helped us get through the pandemic because not only is Rachel a great author, but she is a scientist. She is an actual real scientist and a good, talented one. And she's just kind of like, I don't know, kept our heads screwed on a little bit straight through the pandemic stuff of these things happen. This is how they happen. This is how it, I mean, and that's not to discredit people who've lost their lives and their jobs and everything. But, you know, she's helped us be like, this This is beatable. This is like, yes. this is, you know, from a real scientist that we love and trust. When it comes to, you know, when it comes to, uh, quote unquote, f- famous personality scientists slash you know intelligent people yeah when it comes to medicine it is sydney mcelroy and rachel sparks for me yeah (laughs) and dr fauci (laughs) and dr fauci you're right yeah it's the it's the holy trinity (laughs) but i can't tweet at dr fauci and expect a response you see he's kind of busy Um, something else that just kind of stands out to me and uh, is definitely this podcast has given me a love of two of my favorite authors that um, one of whom I'd read before, which is Paul Tremblay, which is huge. He's become an auto buy auto read author for me and Nick Cutter as well. Um, so, I mean, they're, they've enriched my life hugely by having their horror novels in, in my, uh, in my reading life. I mean, again, I have to say, I love, all of our authors, all yes. of them. Um, you know, someone else that we interviewed on here yes. is Jennifer Lee. We love her. We know her. We now. know her now. We yes. are legitimately friends with yeah. Jennifer. Yeah. Um, she's uh, an incredible, incredible talent and wonderful person and friend. And her book um, that we read on here, which is Feeding the Wolf, has actually gone on to have... Um, success before we you know like we read it like pretty soon after it came out and it's had more success too she told me recently it's um gonna be published in france yeah being translated and published <laughs> and in it's france. like that's so cool yeah you know like why the heck not yes get it out there um this podcast has also really helped me get so fangirl and excited about holly black i love holly black and her fairies that's another thing that's really enriched my life. That's always been a fun excuse for for you and Amanda to do an episode together. Right. There are epi- you are on every episode of John or Junkies. I am not. That's right. Technically that is true even though you were there and you edited it. Um we of course had more Blake Crouch as well. We did Recursion and that was another just phenomenal book. I just I just feel so grateful to have his books. Uh, really important little thing in our timeline, too. Hi, Riley Sager. What's up? Hey, Riley. Like, hi. hi. I mean, <laughs> he's another one. It's just, I can't believe how much we vibe <laughs> with Riley. We are like, we are, we are the same peoples. Especially you and Riley. Yeah. Especially you. Because when you find people that in the Venn diagram overlap with horror and Disney, those people become your ride or die. And like, you know, they, they, we understand each other. Um, and Riley writes the most amazing horror thriller books. Uh, just 
so rewarding. I really like his books as a non-horror aficionado right. as well. I understand the I understand the the source material that his stories are kind of inspired by and I really like where he takes it uh in a way that that clearly interests horror fans but also myself yeah. who is not. We just want to go to Disneyland with you Riley and it's uh it's almost time. It's almost, it's almost time. time We're getting it. It's open. It's open right now. We can go, Riley. Let's go. Half of us are, or are, at least one third of us are vaccinated. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. It's so sad. Um, of course. Um, you know, also having Josh Mallerman. You know, that's another author that really fallen in love with. That that's huge. But let's talk about. Uh, you know, let's talk about one of your big moments. Let's. So again, every single author that we've interviewed has been wonderful. And, and I, in particular, get so nervous and so excited. Mm-hmm. Like Authors, I want you to know before every time I talk to you, David, even, even talking to you the third or fourth time that we interviewed you, I am an absolute wreck for 45 minutes Which beforehand. Is, and I know it's crazy. Just a wreck. I am pacing back and forth. I'm like, you know, gnashing of teeth, I, wringing of hands. I get very nervous. I get very nervous. I get excited for all of you. And Sandra is just cool as a cucumber, ready to go, ever the professional. But there was one author where the tables were turned. Oh, yes. And I was very excited. And that was getting to interview Laurel K. Hamilton. Um, that was a huge opportunity, not only because of just who she is, but because of the people we've interviewed, I've been reading her books the longest. I've been reading her books since I was like a teenager. Before we met. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so it's like a long time coming to get to talk to that person. And so then it's very much like, please don't be an asshole. You know, <laughs> like I wasn't worried that she was or anything. But, you know, it's like I had such an investment in you as a reader. It's like, don't don't ruin it because I want to go on and read more of your work. And I was so happy that that was just not the case. And she's just as kick-ass as you would imagine she would be. We, we, we've all had those experiences of don't meet your heroes. <laughs> uh, and that is always a fear when we talk to somebody and it's always nice when it ends up not being a worry worth having. Um, Ling Ma and Rachel Harrison are two authors that really stand out to me uh, f- that we've had. And we actually got to talk to Rachel, who's super sick and awesome. But uh, that's when I've started- I mean, she's healthy as far as I know, but she's, <laughs> she's, she's great. She's sickening. Um, where something has kind of like started, I think, in our generation where- millennial writers are kind of becoming a thing and like telling millennial stories. And that's not to say that they haven't been writing for a while, but you know, it's actually becoming like people from, you know, kind of our generation and our era, you know, really writing books for us because they are us. 
And I think that's really cool that our generation is coming into that point where millennial writers are having such success and being taken seriously. And you just you feel like you know them because of them also being millennials. We have shared experiences. It's why generations exist. Um we probably we've both talked about that Melissa Albert has really helped us through some dark times, uh, especially with the first time we read the Hazelwood, that we're both um, just in really, really bad places in our personal lives. And that book is a wonderful example of a book pulling you through. Yeah, uh, we've talked a little bit about in our fireside chat. Becky Chambers is really what's gotten me to love books on ships <laughs> out in space. And she made it for me. Um, well, I mean, it's it's great that they're on ships, <laughs> but it's not about the ships. It's about, well, kind of with Lovey, but it's about making characters that... Lovey I'm, is a ship. She's not a ship. That's not fair to Lovey. Right. I'm sorry. Should, I'm sorry, You should Lovie. apologize. But it's not about the ship, right? It's about the characters. It's about these beautiful, like different species that she writes coming together and doing great things and learning about each other and cultivating compassion. Ugh, like, I am so thankful for her books. Same thing with Sean and McGuire. We need to read some more Sean and McGuire, but we started the Every Harder Doorway, you know, the the portal fantasy yeah. books and those um really eye-opening books. We there's definitely been a shift in the books both that I've been interested in as well as the books that we've been reviewing for the show and those books I wouldn't even necessarily say are a product of it. I feel like they started it. Yeah. Um I'm also so happy that uh author we reviewed recently but we had reviewed before Silvia Moreno Garcia with Gods of Jade and Shadow and with Mexican Gothic, I'm so stoked to see her, you know, ramp up. And we talked about, you know, some of her older works are getting re-released. That's so cool. And I know that it's like, it's not because of us, but it makes me proud that we got to be a little bit a part of it. part of it. Yeah, and to see her success and it's really exciting. Um, same thing with Alexis Henderson in The Year of the Witching, who, <laughs> my God, I'm so in love with her. It's ridiculous. But um, that book has just, I see it all the time on social media. And it just makes me so happy because um, no one deserves success more than her. Uh, Merritt Weisenberg, too, is another author we've gone to speak to. Oh, Merritt! She, Merritt, you know, we love you so much, girl. K.K. Perez, too, um, another person that's just you know, was a dream to talk to. B.A. Williamson, who wrote um, Gwendolyn, another just absolutely delightful human being. Recently, too, Rebecca Rowland. Rebecca has been a huge supporter of us. You guys don't even know, like, behind the scenes. Yeah, uh, big time. So, you know, sometimes it's like stuff that you don't see and we don't really have a way and a space on the show to talk about. Um, something I think is really significant to you very recently in our timeline is um, reading and getting to interview Jennifer Grazier Dornbush, because that's when you just recently finally understood what um, why I have a passion for true crime. It was it was really special to be able to read a story like that and then also to talk to someone like her. Uh you know, obviously, I live with somebody who is a huge, <laughs> who is a huge true crime person. But to talk to someone who's actually been in that realm 
mm-hmm. herself and and to write a story like that it, yeah it put the pieces together in my head and i get it and since then since that book i have been more interested in the true crime that you watch sometimes here yes i've been more invested i've understood i've understood more about what's going on it it turned a key and it turned the light on yeah um and i kind of forgot to say this when i was just talking about short stories and how important that is specifically we've gotten to find some really cool f- women and femme identifying or uh, non-binary folks writing horror not only through rebecca but also through azura knox which is how we found rebecca yeah and it's just kind of like this wonderful symbiote that like piles on top of each other really cool i we could, especially horror-wise, we could literally, if we wanted to, build a chain of short story and then meet all these people and then find out the short stories that they're working on. Like, Yeah. That is why short story collections are so much fun. Sarah Pinsker, another one, just an absolute, like, oh, so cool and has ended up being uh, really significant. A book you think about a lot, Son for a New Day. Sarah Pinsker scares me. <laughs> It scares me that she was able to write a book so relevant a year ahead of its time. (laughs) Right? That is kind of a trip. I do think about that book a lot. I think that that has been the most important book in my, you know, just to my headspace over the past year. And therefore, maybe one of the most important books in my life, because this year is definitely one of the most memorable definitely a really cool person too yeah. another kind of early book that i think about a lot i was not super early it felt it feels early now this episode 42 is when we talked to uh, Minnie tarkini who wrote the deepest blue and yeah. that book i think about there's a moment in that book that i love so much i think about it all the time is we know that the the civilization in this book is um plant-based they're vegetarian people and they love animals like myself and and when they i think about this all the time when they find that humans are writing things on um skin on animal skin and one of the characters says something to the effect of well how do they get the skin off the animal without hurting it (laughs) and then there's like you know like this beat and uncomfortableness where they all put it together and it's like Oh, (laughs) I think about that all the time because it's like something I want to say to, and I'm not judging you, but uh, people, but like, I don't, you know, wear leather or anything. And I want to like say that, oh, those are made of leather. How how do they get the skin off the animal without hurting it? Uh, I just, thank you for that, Mindy. That is something, oh, lives in my heart, lives in my heart, rent free. That was a book that I was worried about reading because I don't historically get into fairy fantasy right fae specifically and and i really love that book i really love that book a lot yeah and i've kind of dabbled in a little bit of fae stuff since then and it has not necessarily been for me still but i'm still looking because that book was so good it 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 clicked a little something uh i mean even like uh, we've been reviewing some really good books recently some amazing books and you know i'm so happy for the the success that eliza jane brazier has had with if i disappear that's another book that i i love when i see that pop up places and i love that cover it's stunning she was somebody we got to speak to recently as well 
Actually, yeah, our most recent episodes, I'm going through, and it's like, bam, bam, bam. Circe, House of Salt and Shadows, The Push. The only good Indians. The Push lives in my head rent-free. I think about The Push a lot, too. I see moms and dads struggling, and I'm just like, kind of. Maybe she's born with it. Same thing, too, with uh, Elizabeth Kay. We talked about her book for Seven Lies. That's another one where you, um, I love that, like, feeling of you think you know somebody. (laughs) You can never really know a person, right? What's going on? Very thankful to have Tim LeBon in our lives um, as a a reader, too, writing incredible horror sci-fi with an environmental twist. I mean, my goodness, I just, it's the gone world. Getting to talk to my ghouls about the babysitter's coven. It's its so much. It's sourdough, sleeping giants. I mean, it, it, I, it's, almost, it's almost too much. It's overwhelming to look back on our show because it's just filled with so many great memories and just so many books. <laughs> I, it's, it's unfathomable. It has been an incredible experience, and uh, I expect it to continue to be an incredible experience for another 100 episodes. At least. We're going to die at these microphones, people. Like, as long as we're reading, we're going to release some sort of podcast. And as long as we're releasing some sort of podcast, we hope you stay with us because I want to take this, this last portion of the episode to give out some thanks, just to put, just to put it out there. And... The first person I want to thank is all of you, because again, uh, this started as a hobby and as a fun activity and has become more than that. It's become a a, a humbling experience to have so many of you love us and listen to us. Uh, I would like to also put a little thank you out there to Reddit, (laughs) specifically um, our podcasting and the user there. Bangs naughty bits. I I have gotten so much help over the years. Thanks, bits. And this show wouldn't be what it is. It wouldn't have the sound that it has. It wouldn't have the the production or even the structure without some of the guidance, help, and input that I've gotten from that subreddit. That's super cool. That's super, super inspiring. Um, I also would like to thank uh, our listeners again. Absolutely. Thank you to anybody and everybody that reads books, any kind of books. Um, don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. If you have young people in your lives, especially children, encourage them to read and to find what makes them passionate. Um You know, it's easy for us to say is Aunt Sandy and Uncle Scott because we don't have nor will we have biological children, but we're big on like, don't censor them, let them read. And like, if they're (laughs) neglecting a chore or something, but it's because they're reading. Like, how do you get, how do you get mad at that? Yeah. Staying up late. Let them read past yeah, the bedtime. Yeah, and let them try different things and find what they like. And maybe they like graphic novels and maybe they like sapphic love stories or whatever. They're, maybe they like westerns. Like, who gives a f***? Maybe like biographies. Like, and the same goes for you of any age. And just And keep books with you to fill the dead space in your life. You, you will find it so, so fulfilling. I can't tell you the times, especially in 
the COVID era where I'm in a long line at the post office or pharmacy or something and I whip out my book and people are like they freaking glare because they're like god damn it she has something to do and the time just <laughs> and like the time just flies and all of a sudden I'm like oh I'm at, am I at the start of the, can, the can line I, I'm at the end can I go back to the end because I'm yeah. in the middle of this really I'm like great out chapter. at the window and I'm like give me just one I need to finish the sentence give me just one <laughs> and of course thank you again to all the amazing people we've interviewed all the amazing guests we've had on the show the people that help us facilitate those interviews because a lot of these authors they um they have you know people they have teams that help them and it's a lot of communication super thankful for that yeah that that's huge um you're wonderful and you do a great job you do oh my gosh and if you are inspired to write something you should write it because somebody out there is gonna read it and like it by god (laughs) all right everybody this has been sandra and this has been scott and we will talk to you very soon with another interview and episode but until then please keep reading past your bedtime 